in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So folks, when you come in to visit, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. And there's no meter running. We'll meet on a complimentary basis for many time necessary to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. And for your convenience, we have multiple locations around the tri-state. Milford's a home office. Love to see you there. Westchester, Blue Ash, and across the river in Florence, Kentucky. And if you're no longer with a company, but your money still is in some form of a company plan, we can help you roll that out into a traditional IRA or Roth, depending on your 401k or 403b. It's tax neutral. And chances are that's the best thing to do. And even if you are still employed, if you're over 59 and a half, a lot of plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover. Keep the plan going, contribute, get your match, but take control of a portion of it. So give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call the studio right now, 513-749-5500. That's pound 550 on your 18T wireless. Mr. Brown, what's going on today? Well, today we're going to be discussing controlling your retirement fees. And it uh, works with, um, you know, how do you find, calculate control fees during the investment phases, accumulation phase, and retirement phases of your financial life. You know, a lot of different phases and one thing in common, you'll be investing throughout. Maybe different products and tools or methods and strategies and types of investments, even different asset classes. But you will, in fact, be needing to stay invested throughout your financial life. Now, in this discussion today, please keep in mind, anytime you call, Barry outlines some of the things that we'll be glad to do and help you with. But um, if you're out there looking for Social Security maximization, if you're curious about taking a pension payout from the company or a buyout package or any number of things that can can be confronting you that you might need some advice or some assistance on, be glad to help with that. We are experts in this area. We're specialists. Um, you know, many people out there don't go to see a pediatrician anymore, so we'd be likened into that, uh, not a generalist, but again, a specialist for this financial phase of life. Now, we're qualified to help through all financial phases. If you're just looking for some investment advice and financial planning, we, of course, we can do that. But ultimately, you're either going to spend the money or you're going to lay it up for retirement and spend it later. Because rest assured, your future will eventually become your present and you're going to need cash flow. So retirement's about cash flow. And it always is, always has been. The, the buckets of money will help you develop income, of course. And then you determine whatever you do with money when you leave it, when you're done with it. You're done with the living benefit. There are appropriate ways, best ways to leave a legacy. And we assume that you want to leave it to people you love or charities that you care about and not to unnecessary taxes. So in uh, today's show, uh, beyond the, the complimentary extension or offer we make to all, all listeners and all folks out there without obligation to review exactly where you are and all of your current investments. And uh, if you don't have a financial plan, put one together, just know that fees and costs and total cost of ownership, as we put it, it all matters. That's and kind many of people don't even know what they're paying, Greg. 
that's true. They, they have in their mind an advisory fee, but they don't know about the internals, the expense ratios, the margins, spreads, fees, margins, and loads, and margins. And yes, does it sound redundant? It's because it is. <laughs> when you own funds, own funds, own funds, all of those layers of expense can be multiplied exponentially. So it is true. Very, a lot of people just don't know their total cost of ownership in the investments they hold. So in today's show, we're going to help you not only locate fees and calculate them and understand those uh, spreads and other layers of cost, but we'll teach you more about how to control those as well. So, um, Barry, as we jump in, there are many investors holding uh, costly financial products as vehicles, and those vehicles could be costing them up to 5% in annual total fees or cost, and they don't know. You've already indicated so how can they learn? Well, I can tell you we subscribe to tens of thousands of dollars of tools each year through subscriptions just to know how to isolate, uh, identify, and then be able to share with our consumer investors and prospects and clients. Because uh, Wall Street pretty much figured out, unless there's something kind of wrong with you uh, or you enjoy the same nerdy good times that we do, that you won't have these expenses or own these tools to find the smoking gun. So what if you thought that the only fee you were paying was like a 1% annual management fee to an advisor? Well, be careful who you call an advisor. An advisor, um, a, a true advisor only works for you, not a company. That's our slogan and that's our truth. Brokers and brokerage firms, stock brokers, these are not advisors per se. They're financial service professionals. But to call someone who doesn't work for you and do things for you um, an advisor is using the term quite loosely. They are not fiduciary advisors. They're suitability-based. Fiduciary advisors must put your interest first. So only if later you find out that everything that the advisor is investing your money in is carrying additional cost upwards of 1% or more, and in the example given in some vehicles, as much as 5% per year. See, you need to know. You need to know sooner, not later, and understand the full dynamics of the relationship you're in and so you can maximize for your best interest on a win-win basis with a true advisor who works with you and for you, doing things for you and not to you. Yeah, now, here's the deal. We're faced with people that sit across from us, Greg, and, and we don't want to argue with them about they're saying they're paying a half a point total ownership or a point, a 1% total ownership. And when we look under the hood of their investments, it's called the, the PAR process, what we'll gladly do if you bring in your statements there's a lot of hidden stuff under there, Greg, and and because today you go, we're going to tell you about those all those hidden fees that you don't know you're paying. It's it's, it's hurting your overall return uh, on your investments, and we're going to help you with that, Greg. And we can help you with that if you come in to visit by giving us a call at 513-575-9654. We'll sit down and look over your all your portfolio and help you analyze what's going on under the hood. Greg? Yeah, looking deep inside for the layers of cost. Also, just looking at the, the types of investments that you hold. Do, do they complement one another? Are they on target with the objectives downrange that you're aiming for? Um, or are they going some other way, kind of you know rogue, some tangent direction? It's not going to get you where you want to be. Um, do you have a financial plan? Uh, everyone has a plan. It's either a plan to succeed or a plan to fail. We want you to have the right financial plan with the right investment mix with the correct um, expectation for income to income to supplement any income gap you might have with the other sources of income in retirement, Social Security, pension. If that is your foundational income, maybe you have some rental income from some other interest or property. 
that's all good. But if you're, if your needed income is at a higher amount than your totals, then you have a gap and we must find ways to use your other investable assets in your investable universe to create the income you need and have and support the right growth net of total cost of ownership so that it's a very, very successful venture and one that's right for you. Now, if again, social security, you haven't maximized pension, you're looking to understand payouts. Um, you're looking at reducing taxes or becoming more tax savvy or tax efficient. If you're 10 years out or more from retirement, if you're interested in tax free investing, uh, if you enjoy stock investing and you, you understand the nature of um, low to no expense ratios as stocks have no expense ratio, uh, then you just need to own the right collection of stocks by major macro market, micro asset classes, sectors, you know, just the right stuff. It all matters and it, it all goes into your plan. And our complimentary no obligation offer to you is to come in. And I like how Barry put it, that there, there's no real debating. We don't wish to go toe to toe, nose to nose with anyone. We just want to sit down and look each other eye to eye, um, share in two meetings. That's all we ask. If you want to do this at all, Give us two meetings of your time, our time with you. That's the investment we have. You'll bring in your information. We'll send out a letter that confirms, you know, when, where, and what to bring to maximize our time. And what we'll do is we'll agree, we'll assume value and reserve judgment. We'll just take under consideration all that you have as your investments. We'll fully analyze it. And the second appointment, we'll present it to you, our findings, all the details. Then we can begin to discover by debate or debate by discover what you really have because you know then. And it just is what it is. Some things need immediate attention, need changed, maybe modified and or replaced. It just depends on what you really have. But that second appointment, you'll know, we'll know because we'll present it and we'll present our recommendations and a draft plan. And then from there, we just work that draft into the plan that has your fingerprints on it that becomes yours. that You can adopt and adapt and it becomes a successful, viable financial future. That's what we offer. We're all things holistic in investments, insurance financial planning, tax planning, and estate planning together, like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. So we're going to dive into this aspect of controlling your retirement fees when we return. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show right here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So folks, when you come in to visit, we're going to work for you as clients not companies. And we're going to meet as many times necessary on a complimentary basis to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. Uh, We have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys you make a a connection with over the weeks, months, and years. We can help you with that 401k, 403b, TSP rollover. If you're not with a company, uh, most of the time you should take control of it. Even if you are with a company, you can do what's called an in-service rollover if you're over 59 and a half. Give us a call, 
800-926-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Scroll about halfway down. You're going to see six retirement readiness modules. Go ahead and test your readiness for retirement. Send us an email. We'll answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Studio right now is 513-749-5500. Greg, where were we? Well, you know, to kind of throw you a curveball here, let's let's touch on some of the questions we hope to answer by today's show and provoking questions, if you will. How much does it cost to buy and sell stocks? That'll be something that you'll pick up on indirectly. Are all mutual funds loaded with commissions attached to them? What is an expense ratio? You know, like uh, what other types of fees are inside mutual funds? Uh, Do all annuities have fees? Do higher mutual fund fees translate to higher or better performance? Why do ETFs have low expense ratios than most mutual funds? Well, what's the average annual cost of an actively managed mutual fund? Do most actively managed mutual funds outperform their benchmark indices? And how do you help to control and minimize the fees that you have and still get the value you deserve? Lots to cover, Mr. Brown. There is indeed. So if I were to mention the word rhetorical. Yeah. That's James's favorite word, rhetorical. Yeah, uh, now this might seem like a rhetorical question, but if you could save, say, $100,000 simply by making better choices, would you do that? Of course you would. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, a recent article that I saw compared buying two separate funds, one a mutual fund, one was an ETF. ETF, by the way, is an exchange-traded fund. We'll get into more of that and how they're different in a moment. And subsequently, owning these funds for a 40-year period, resulting in 190000 total cost difference when it was said and done over a 40-year period. Now, yes, this is only an example, but consider that you may be in retirement 20, 30, or even 40-year period. And isn't it feasible for uh, that your cost should be something that you might want to pay attention to? It's time to start overlooking and ignoring the fees that might be in your cost basis or might be in your retirement plan, your nest egg, and don't assume that everything's peachy keen. Uh, Now, you need to price your relationship and your portfolio and determine once and for all whether you can reduce those costs, correct? True. And in packaging together our services, a lot went into the design of our firm many, many years ago, about 16 years ago. We decided from day one to become a holistic firm. That means also multidisciplinary in all areas, investments, insurance, uh, that would be financial planning, income planning, uh, tax planning, and tax advisory and preparation, and wrapping it all together into the estate plan. That is a holistic model. Second, we position ourselves as being a registered investment advisory firm. That means we are investment advisor representatives of our firm, all of us and our firm together, or financial fiduciaries. That means we put your interests first. That's the way we started. That's the way we've always been. Wall Street's not that way. The brokerage community dodged a bullet legislatively when the Department of Labor legislation uh, went down in flames about 18 months ago or so. And the requirement for them to become a fiduciary just went away. Now, they were all preparing for it and all starting to clamor and talk like they were and maybe even start to act like they might act like they are. 
but they didn't mention it much when they actually were not required to. So you, you need to know clearly there are those that work for you that are truly advisors, and then there are financial service professionals that do not work for you in your best interest in a fiduciary um, uh, state. So having said that, as it relates to product-level fees and um, fees you need to pay attention to, there are about four categories. So please listen carefully. This is where you're experiencing costs that you would otherwise likely not be aware of. So start by getting the conversation going with um, talking about the types of products and vehicles you might want to avoid and the alternatives that you need to pick from. We think you need to know about the four basic types of fees you're going to run into routinely. First one is your basic product level fee or the fees that a company offering the financial vehicle itself may attach to that product. To give you an example, you may have an account. Now, I'm going to tell you we're going to use some names here because this is what it is. The brokerage community is who they are. The Fidelities, the Edward Jones, the Smith Barneys, the you know, city groups, they just are what they are. And it's not wrong to actually identify them by name and tell you how they operate because it is their business model, just is what it is. So in this example, Edward Jones, they may have you know, taken some of your money for being invested into what? Let's say American funds, American funds, mutual fund. American funds is their own entity. They are a mutual fund company. And in this case, the financial advisory company, as this example serves, Edward Jones, is simply using their own mutual fund product for their client. Now, you may or may not have known that, that separation. They're supposed to make it clear, as most firms are, but it may be just something you just just kind of stare at and, and you just don't pay much attention to. It's on deaf ears because it's just information coming at you. There's so much information that comes at you in the, the, uh, the environment when you're making such decisions. So American Funds a product of Edward Jones positioned in the Edward Jones client portfolio. Let's continue. American funds, mutual fund isn't free to invest in. Okay. They charge an annual expense and a commission is also paid to the salesperson who puts you in it. Why did I say salesperson? Because financial service professionals aren't alike. Stockbrokers, brokers, register reps, and those who work for the firm are oftentimes paid a commission as well as fees and those are funded from the internals, often within the funds that they put you in. So those spreads, fees, margins, and loads aren't always as clearly or fully uh, disclosed as you might think and do not live on assumption. Now, they, on top of this, they charge trading costs and inside, and there's 12B1 fees. Uh, these are all examples of a product that you put money into and the fee the company offering said said product charges. Uh, let's be clear. These are mutual funds we're talking about, not ETFs, which we favor in, in, in individual stock positions. And that's why we want 12B1 fee. It's always been an ASD fee to me because it's a marketing and distributing expense that the fund charges its owners yes. to distribute and market the fund. I never did like that. And there you have it. You have a brokerage firm who is using their own product a mutual fund product that has other layers, spreads, fees, margins, and loads, and may own other funds too, plus charging an advisory fee and bury a custodial level relationship fee too. Yeah, they're typically the smallest fee of, of all the categories, but worth noting anyway. Now, uh, let's say you have a TD Ameritrade account and you hold American funds, mutual fund inside of it, and you not only pay American funds, as, as we just mentioned, but you also pay TD Ameritrade, the custodian that provides a platform so that the strategy you can buy and sell. Now, uh, as they are the one who is administrating 
uh, administering and hosting your investment. Now, the custodian is typically going to charge two types of fees. One would be your annual maintenance fee. Not all custodians charge this now. And it could be something like, I don't know, 25 30 bucks annually as an example. The other fee they're going to charge is when you trade. you got to pay something when you trade, whether it's a fund or a stock, uh, whether you buy or sell. Now, when you sell the fund and buy another fund or a position, they will likely charge you uh, to sell the fund and then charge you again to buy something new. Trading costs vary greatly across different custodians. Can you expound upon that, Greg? Yes, the fees at a custodian level. Now, uh, in fairness, as Barry said, not all custodians yeah. charge a fee, but here's why. There's more to that story. We believe in transparency. Part of transparency as a fiduciary is to separate things out so you can kind of get a flashlight in between each layer. You have the advisory layer, which is fiduciary with us. You have our money management team, which is an entity that is self-governed but do um, fiduciary standard to the client. So they work for us. We work for you. We all work for you. And then we thirdly use a separate custodian platform like TD Ameritrade Institutional for professional advisors who clearly have your money in trust, provide statements, annual accounting. But once again, another layer you can not have cost but of accountability, checks and balances. You can get, again, a flashlight between each layer. Each layer is accountable to one another and to you. All of us are working for you with that fiduciary standard. And what's nice about that is now, well, why don't the other firms maybe come, some of these not charge custodial fees? Because they are their own grandpa. So if we mentioned, like we did, Edward Jones, they're their own custodian with their own products, their own advisors, their own um, accountability and a non-fiduciary standard. Same with the fidelity. You, you know, they, they have, they handle the transactions as the firm, um, their own funds, funds that can own funds. They all begin with F. And so you kind of get the idea. There's no charge because it's all packaged in one black box and there's difficulty in getting separation. It's all just legal disclosures. So there are just differences, just being aware of the differences. You can say one's better than the other or not or none's bad, it's just relevant to know which it may be best serving you. So we're going to continue, and we have an example uh, from an email received this week to share. But you're listening to Sound Money Investment Show, and we're on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. We have multiple locations uh, around the tri-state, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky, for your convenience. We can help you with that. Uh, 401k, 403b rollover, if you know with the company, certainly give us a call. You can roll that out and take control of it. Uh, most of the time, that's the best thing to do. Invest in how you want to invest it. 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email. I think Greg's got an email. It just popped up. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Before I send it back over to Greg, let's talk a little bit about advisory fees. Uh, advisory fees may or may not be part of your situation. Uh, of course, if you have an advisor, you'll probably have advisor fees. You will only pay an advisory fee if you work with, of course, an advisor like us or a broker who is licensed to charge a fee for their advice 
in the management of your account. For example, uh, you might have an annual fee. I'm just throwing this out there, 1.4, 1.5%, and, and some other additional fees. But in our case, Greg, we have uh, total cost, cost of ownership very transparent, and it can come out monthly or quarterly. You want to talk about that a second? Yes, it's all in. Uh, our, our current approach to our uh, advisory fee it's billed quarterly. It comes out the month following the end of a quarter based on the quarter ending value of the account. Uh, it, again, it's all inclusive. There's no separate technology fee or administrative fee. Um, there is, uh, it's just very straightforward. There's no custodial, additional custodial fee, transaction fee. We've got it to where it's all in. And that is a smooth and straightforward way to handle it because we can, we can tell folks um, total cost of ownership, not just a fee. What is the total cost of ownership in doing this or that investment? And that is very important. Be able to measure cost and measure value. Now, value in any one year is not measured by performance. Uh, Three years, five years, seven years, ten years, yeah, you can start measuring performance. If you're at moderate risk, five years plus is a good time frame to check in on investment and measure it against all the benchmarks and relative to net of total cost performance. You get a little more moderate uh, growth or moderate aggressive or aggressive the, the more aggressive or more equity exposure you have, just put in your mind somewhere that um, it's a longer time frame you use to reach your average rate of return and longer time frame for which you measure the, um, the efficiency and effectiveness of your investment strategy, again, net of all cost. So in this area of cost, um, costs that, that we don't have, uh, but you would experience out there as a consumer investor, whether you realize it or not, and unfortunately most do not, uh, in working with Wall Street versus we're working with Main Street. We're on the same side of the table with you. It's us against them, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, com- commissions and loads. Barry mentioned brokers are licensed in such a way where they can charge a fee, and they can also be involved in transactional commissions. And they also get um, rebates from loads that are stuffed inside the fund. Very hard for you to see what they are, how much they are, by what measure they drag down performance, and to what extent but that's another way Wall Street gets richer. Now, depending on the type of advisor, and let's say that's a misuse of the word in our opinion, financial service professional. An advisor works for you, remember. Financial service professional could be just anyone who's working in financial services, whether they're working for you or to some degree not for you. Uh, I won't say against you per se, but uh, they may be licensed for the commissions and collect loads from the investments they recommend they put your money into. Now, how convenient can that get? Remember, American Funds as a mutual fund we mentioned earlier. Uh, the company owns the fund. The fund's used in the company's strategies. Um, th- there's fees. The funds have uh, the spreads, fees, margins, and loads. Plus, there's an advisory fee, quote-unquote, or brokerage fee. Uh, could be transaction fees, but we usually find that they just stuff it inside and include it to make it look friendlier. Oftentimes, the consumer only knows that the advisor fee, and then if their advisor fee, quote-unquote advisor fee, is lower than ours, you might think they're better because theirs is less, but it's not. In total cost of ownership, when you compare Wall Street brokerage firms to firms like ours, um, we're going to be less, period, in total cost of ownership. And then it's not bad to over 5, 7, and 10 years net performance. Hey, how about a plan? Do you have a plan? Do you have a tax strategy? Do you have tax efficiency, estate plan, tax preparation? Um, what about an income plan for that overall financial plan, wrapping all this together? In our shop, it's all inclusive. It's just, it's included. You're a client or you're not a client. It's pretty simple. Keep it simple is always better in our opinion. Well, most of those mutual funds out there, 
and used in this case, let's say American funds, will be A shares. There's A, B, C types of mutual um, fund shares. Uh, A shares means that when you uh, your financial person or broker puts $100,000 into a mutual fund, they might take another 5.75% as a commission up front. Ouch. Yes, as a sales load. That commission they get to collect. So in that case, if you invested $100,000 and they just took 5.75 of it, your initial investment is already down. It, you're investing $94,250, and the market hasn't even moved yet, and you're down. So you've got to make roughly six k before you even break even. Yes, that's true. Yep. An important thing also to remember is that there are certain um, financial service professionals and brokerage practices out there and sales people that are licensed to incorporate all four levels of the fees into your mix. What are those? Well, those are the loads, okay, that are uh, commissionable to them or, or payable to them, the commissions themselves, the annual management fee that they charge to be your broker, and then any other internal that they might be also licensed to collect, which may or may not be included in the particular fund that you're dealing with. So this is what triggered a, a question, I guess the first part of our show. Um, Margie wrote and said, what are layers of cost? What do you mean by that? Um, well, the layers take many form, Margie, and thank you for your email. Uh, as short as it was, I'm just going to speculate a little bit that you mean like the big answer to the simple question. The layers can be these spreads, fees, margins, and loads, just as described. Who do they come from? The brokers, stockbrokers, and brokerage firms. Do they call themselves advisors? Yes, but that doesn't mean they're a fiduciary. Do they get other compensation? Yes, commissions. What other compensations? Something payable from within the fund itself. Well, what are the other issues that go even beyond that? If that's not you know, negative enough to your future well-being, well, there are there is more. We find routinely, and Barry will vouch for this, when we do an analysis and we ask you to come in and let us look at your portfolio and fully anal analyze it, and you'll, you'll get a, a complete report on all this as it relates specifically to you. But it's routinely found that, let's say that you have uh, 10 or 11 funds, mutual funds in your portfolio, and we go through it and assess how many times you own the same stuff. See, a mutual fund could be considered a basket of stocks, but which stocks? Well, unfortunately, they're also known as a basket of other funds. Uh-huh. Funds within funds? Funds within funds, each having their own expense ratios and layers of cost even more redundant. And the host fund may be the only fund that's disclosed. But nonetheless, to, to, that's inefficient, but nonetheless will continue. We will find that the stocks held in those baskets of stocks are held in multiple funds in your portfolio. You're just you. How many times you need to own the same stuff? So Apple, for example. Uh, we we found just the other day um, several of these stocks, I mean more, but I'll just keep it simple, that there were five funds out of the 10 or 11 this consumer had from their broker that owned Apple, five different funds owning the same stock. GE, three different funds out of 10 or 11 owning GE. Now, the consumer probably wouldn't even want to have owned GE based on what's been going on. Okay, might be a good time to buy, but it wasn't a good time to own it. It was going down. Well, they owned it three times. They didn't even know they owned it once. Boeing, oh my, Boeing, three different funds owning it. Now, if you've been keeping up with Boeing, it's been a tough time. Amazon, well, a little brighter note, but hey, if Amazon's good, great. I'm glad you own it, but you need to own it three times. When it pulled back last quarter of last year, it, as NASDAQ and most of NASDAQ did, you know, you would have been three times down further. How about Citigroup in the financial sector? They own it six out of 11 funds. 
So you only need to own what you own by the amount you need to own it and only one time. Inef- redundancy is always inefficient. So there's just some examples, Marge. Just call us, come on in. We'll assess your actual portfolio and give you a plan and a report back. But when we return, we're going to explore further controlling your retirement fees, how to find, calculate, control your fees during retirement. When we return, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show on 55KRC. Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We're not captive to a mothership. So we're completely uh, the whole world of investing available to us. And we have fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients and not companies. And for your convenience, we have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester and Florence. And as always, we can help you roll out that 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan. Take control of it. It's neutral as far as taxes. So give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Greg? You know, I just want to clarify, if you work with an Edward Jones or Fidelity or whomever, know that you know there, there's nothing in eight or inherently bad there. It just You just need to know that uh, it's a choice, and in choosing, you should know that they are different. We're just constructed differently than they are. They're a brokerage firm. We're an advisory firm. Um, they have funds that they develop to use within their strategies that typically begin with their own, you know, the first letter of their name, like F for Fidelity, J for Jackson. Um, you know, American Funds doesn't start with an E like Edward Jones, so it's not unilateral. But it is a structure, and structure can matter. If it matters to you to understand the difference and the difference it may mean in layers of cost, then we encourage you to learn as much as you can. So in the spirit of just being clear, nothing wrong with them. It's a choice, and your choice is your free will. And just we're here to inform and educate and to try to make this example today. We, we just need to make the example based on what is real, what is true. So it's only reference to mentioning companies. And there are many others. Imagine all of Wall Street that run commercials, Super Bowl commercials, have football stadiums named after them, et cetera. That's Wall Street. That is a difference. The money comes from someplace, wouldn't you agree? Of the two financial vehicles, okay, following up to even what Marge had, um, or Margie had uh, sent email on, on the efficiency or inefficiency of certain types of investments and funds and mutual funds, well, know this, two financial vehicles that can be laden with fees, just to be clear, The fee problem occurs most frequently in two particular investment vehicles, the mutual funds, particularly actively managed mutual funds, and then um, others being variable annuities, which are insurance products stuffed with mutual funds. So let's touch on a a couple of them. We talk about actively managed funds. These are types of funds being managed by an internal mutual fund manager or team of people. Now, a team of people has a benchmark they set. They try to bring their collection of stuffed stuff named by them or whatever with all those layers of cost that go in a reimbursement to them plus a fee too, to at least track as well as an index, a passive index or the passive market like the S&P 500, for example. Okay. Their goal is to get real close to the performance year over year over time to the S&P 500 while using their mix, supporting their margins. Now, so long as it kind of comes in close, close enough is typically close enough for the consumer. But if the consumer had been invested more directly in those asset classes, they would have done better. 
Because why? Lower expense, higher return. It's not really expense. It's not really return or lack of expense, but it certainly puts less pressure on your money and allows your money to be at a higher value year over year. Now, um, according to um, an article in Forbes recently, average annual expense ratios for these types of funds around 1%. That's on top of an advisor fee. Okay, so an advisor fee of 1% plus the fund cost of 1%, you bid 2%. Even though you might have chosen a firm who has a fee of 1% annually because you thought they were less expensive than someone charging one and a half, but you didn't know the total cost, which is the only cost that matters, and you just signed up for a more expensive investment solution. So be careful. Okay, we look at and talk in terms of total cost. Now, on top of that, the average annual transaction cost was 1.44%. In our world, all-inclusive, those, those transaction costs are wrapped up into one annual cost or total cost of doing business together. So now if you're keeping score, 1% mutual fund, 1% of uh, fee, and 1.44% transaction cost. That's 3.44%. Okay, that's 40% of the 10-year average of the S&P. 40% of your retirement went to another entity, not you or yours. Now, if you consider a lot of the actively managed funds out there, um, there are those that are called the A-shares mentioned earlier. Those are loaded funds. Uh, you may be paying additional compensation on top of that because you just are paying a commission for an A-fund plus the the trade expense plus even an advisory fee if you have someone advising you on it. So take it from there. We just have to analyze your portfolio to tell you exactly what's afoot and what's up. Uh, let's see. Fewer than 8% of large-cap active mutual fund managers are able to beat their benchmark in the average over the past 15 That's years. That's pretty low. That is rather low. Let's talk about variable annuities, Greg. Uh, variable annuities can be and oftentimes are for funds. Really, it's uh, a bunch of sub-accounts called mutual funds wrapped around a layer of insurance. It is an insurance contract. You insert money, and the money is then inserted into sub-accounts, mutual funds, the subaccounts are typically invested into actively managed mutual funds, as I said. So, the rules we must uh, we just went through through the act of managing all the internal fees. You have those as well. On top of that, variable annuities have so, several other fees that can stack up in a hurry. Greg, one is called the mortality and expense fee. That's M and E charge, which is around one percent annually, and you know, it's for the layer of insurance that wraps around the subaccounts. Yeah, that, that M&E, another way to describe it is that 1% on average, it's the insurance to guarantee you get your own money back. And uh, uh, uh. Um, just think about it, to get your own money back. So if it was $100,000 you started with and um, your account went to 120000 and then the market pulled back and it went down to 90000 and then you died, the 1% insurance and another layer of expense was just insurance buying you back your 100,000 starting point. So it, it would replace the 10,000 you were down, okay? But not for you, you're dead. It goes to your beneficiaries and heirs. Another thing, that's until you start making withdrawals from the account. Oftentimes, the M&E insurance of restoring your original balance is gone once you go into withdrawal mode on the account. Don't confuse variable annuities with fixed index annuities like we prefer. Yes, fixed annuities, CD-type annuities, if you will. There's a term and an interest rate. You know what you're getting. You know how long you hold it. It's tax-deferred. You can take the income. They're more liquid than most CD products, and they're fully insured by the insurance company based on its claims paying ability. The index annuities, just different way, kind of a, a creative way to get interest credits. 
it's linked to some participation rate of the S&P. So example, a company that uh, we work a lot with is um, offering 50% participation of the S&P's one-year return. So if the S&P was up 12% in a 12-month period, the investor would get 6% guaranteed added to the principal, and they would step up. Can't go backwards. There's no fee, no cost, no M&E, no nothing. You know, it's just clean. Safety and, and growth uh, and income. So on the part of your money that you want safety and growth, you don't want to go backwards. You want it clean and simple. That's a simple way. So where do variable annuities come from? You would guess it. Wall Street. That's the source right up there with the brokerage community. Uh, let's see. Let's move along. You add in riders and other types of costs to these products. You're at between 3 and 5% annual in cost, and that's a lot. We would like to help you by analyzing this, show you the contrast, how you can use ETFs, actively managed methods applied to exchange-traded funds, in strategies of portfolios, in line with a plan for you, and as well as these other safe money products, too, that can help you succeed on purpose and not happenstance. Barry? All right, folks, give us a call, 513-575-9654. On behalf of Greg Brown, James Bort, Barry Purnell, thanks for listening today. Have a great week, and remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.